in the spirit of awkward sex, um, I posted something on Facebook to see if people had awkward sex songs that they could share. And uh, I got a few that I want to um, tell you guys about. The first one um, was Nine Inch Nails Closer. So, yeah, I mean, talk about on the on the nose, like, come on. Um, this one I thought was sort of cute. Uh, this was, my friend said it was a middle school makeout. It was Asia's heat of the moment. It was the heat of the moment. For those of you not born in the 80s, um, or not born in the 70s, or you know what I'm saying. Um, and then, <laughs> this one cracked me up. Uh, somebody, their awkward sex song was Everybody Hurts. <laughs> By R.E.M., but in Italian. And I listened to it, and I was like, yeah. Everybody hurt. Okay. Um, and then this one, I was like, this wins. This just wins the awkward sex song uh, game. So hit it, Mark. <laughs> just imagine if you're fooling around to this. <laughs> so um. random. What? <laughs> Don't! <laughs> hey, yum's the word, haven't you heard? The yum's the word, it was started by a bird. My name is Robin. And her hair has lots of curls. Actually, I blow it out a lot. Two stories, some awkward. Like wetting the bed next to your boyfriend. Pretty funny and absurd. Like your boss tickling your side boob. So welcome all you nerds. And cool people too. This is for everyone. Except kids. Yum's the word. Hey everybody, welcome to Yum's the Word. I'm Robin Galfenbein. And I'm Alex Fulton. And we're having fun. We are having fun. Especially at the top of this particular episode, because I was talking about people's awkward sex songs that they've hooked up to, which are cray-cray. Um, I can't think of one that I've experienced. No? No, I know it's sort of hard to believe. I, I, find, I find that, and maybe, you know, working in music, I think about it constantly. Sure. And, like, that can totally ruin... Oh, Everything. Forget it. If somebody had played The Simpsons, oh yeah, <laughs> I right. would have been like, Any I'm sorry. Of these. And later in this Ooh. episode as well, you know, the the things, the songs that we talk about. Uh huh. Man, I would not be able to. Mm-hmm. What Cambry talks about? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I could if I could hang with that either. But have you? Do you have a particularly funny one that you can yes. recall? Yes. So so, uh, music nerds will know what I talk about when I say the lick. Okay. Which it's it's uh da 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 Right? And it's this thing that shows up, it's this riff that uh shows up in every genre and okay. melodies. It it just happens. It just happens to be everywhere. Okay. Like it's it's in everything from like George Michael songs to like, oh. you know, uh jazz standards and so on. And um my wife and I were mm-hmm. in an intimate moment mm-hmm. and this song came on a playlist and the entire thing 
like the melody, the main melody right off the bat for like three minutes was this riff. Mm. And all I could think about was like every music nerd that I had joked about this with. Oh, and it no. Just... <laughs> all dried up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys will hear more of those awkward sex songs later in the episode. So you might be wondering, Robin, Alex, why is there so much talk about sex? Because it's yum's the word. Because <laughs> That's not what I was going to say, but it is true. Because it's yum's the word. But because it is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, Alex. Happy Valentine's Day, Robin. Thanks so much. So in honor of this holiday, we are featuring stories from last June when the theme of the night was truly my favorite, favorite theme. Mr. Softy, awkward sex stories. Love it. Uh, we've only done it twice. I mean, this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alex, do you have an awkward sex story you you would like to share with us? No. <laughs> really? Or you you don't have one, or you're I not mean, comfortable? That, that last one was <laughs> yeah awkward. Yeah, I would yeah. say so. Mm-hmm. Do you have any awkward sex stories? Maybe I do, and maybe I do. <laughs> this is from so long ago. I had broken my elbow. And so my arm was in a sling, and uh, I I was just visiting um, some friends, and it was this guy I had known for a little while, and we started just, like, making out and stuff, and then he wanted to do more, but it was so awkward because of my arm being in a sling. <laughs> so he was, like, like, the lights were off. He's trying to, like like take off my my you know sweater or whatever and I was like it's impossible and that's not a good sign for me and like the whole thing was just like messy and like clunky and it just it wasn't it wasn't gonna go anywhere and it, and it didn't go anywhere and that's probably for the best ultimately <laughs> um, but that's probably like the most awkward that I'm willing to share <laughs> because my family listens to this so um, <laughs> so since we have so many good stories on this theme we're actually gonna split it across two episodes this one is our first one, and we are going to feature awkward sex stories from a married couple today. They are going to be telling um, their own awkward sex stories, which happen to not be about each other. It's when they were when they were both single. First up is one of my favorite storytellers, Cambry Cruz. Cambry is the author of the New York Times bestselling book, Burn Down the Ground, which is also my favorite memoir. She's also been featured on the Moth Radio Hour, the Women of Letters series, and more. She told this story on her actual birthday, where she talked about nine and a half weeks, Smurfy dildos, and of course, the rapture. So uh, I grew up in a deaf family. Uh, my mom uh, was born hard of hearing, but she went to deaf school. My dad is deaf. My grandparents are deaf. My aunts, uncles, pretty much everybody in my immediate family is deaf. And this usually prompts a lot of questions. So I'm going to go ahead and answer the top three FAQs so you guys can all stop thinking about them. Uh, so yes, uh, number one, yes, I know sign language. That's one. Uh, two, I know how to talk because I'm not deaf. <laughs> And number three, no, I do not know Braille. I can't, I don't. Do you, you can just take that menu right back. Uh, I, actually, another question, not as frequent, but I do get quite a bit is, 
oh my gosh, was your house quiet? I bet it, your house was so quiet. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's the opposite. Deaf people have zero idea how loud they are. So they're burping or farting. It's a little embarrassing. They're banging pots and pans, slamming cupboard doors. It's a fucking madhouse. And let's just say Saturday morning cartoons were constantly interrupted with mom and dad's uh, sex sounds. Yeah, uh, for a long time I thought the, um, the theme song for the Smurfs was la 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 Oh, I love you crazy! It's not. It's not. Papa Smurf, why do you do those things to mamas? Um, but uh, actually, having deaf parents actually came in handy as we got older. And we started, you know, sneaking out of the house, which sneaking out of the house was just walking out the front door. <laughs> bye, Mom. Bye, Dad. See you later. Well, <laughs> we're leaving. But we just, did, you know, don't slam the door. You kind of just... Uh, would gently shut it so as not to shake the trailer because we lived in a trailer on stilts so we'd walk on our tiptoes and just gently shut the door behind us as we walked out of the front door. Uh, So um, whenever I wanted to lose my virginity, it came up that I just had to sneak out the front door to go meet my ride. Uh, See, the day before, my mom had explained to me what the rapture was and she was talking about Jesus is going to come and he's going to leave everybody behind or take everybody with him if you're not saved, blah, blah, blah. Just the rapture. And I, she was so earnest in her description of it. I thought she meant, like, tonight or tomorrow. This was happening. It was imminent. So I had not planned on dying a virgin. I was going to change that very quickly. So I called up my brother's older friend, David. I was like, hey, dude, can you do this for me? He's like, where, where do I go? How do I sign up? And I'm like, just come down to the driveway. Just turn off the lights because lights are also a way to wake up some deaf people. So it's just like, turn off the lights, but you can keep the engine running. Honk when you get here. <laughs> Like I hear a, eh, eh, like my rides here go out, and uh, we do the deed. Now uh, I was thirteen. Uh, yeah, that's I believed the rapture. My mom, yeah, very very young, way too young. <laughs> and needless to say, David did not know how to please a thirteen-year-old. He was, we, we, and we were baked. We got baked in the back of the Buick before we did it. Um, so I, from that point forward until I started having sex at a more normal age of like, you know, 15, uh, I, I, uh, I took matters into my own hands, sorry for the bad pun, <laughs> sorry. Um, by using my mom's back massager. I found a, a back massager, got a lot of use out of that and her copy of Nine and a Half Weeks. And then I, sh- I got so much use out of it that I shorted the, the back massager. Now, we lived in the middle of nowhere. There were no, resources were scarce, and we were really poor. There was no way for me to get another back massager. So I used the ingenuity of a prisoner, and I was like, let me Frankenstein this thing. I'm going to fix you, my baby. <laughs> my, so I took it apart. And I used my mom's soldering iron 
because she had a soldering iron because she builds helicopters for a living, my family. Uh, so I used her soldering iron to Frankenstein this thing back together, and in the process of doing so, I splashed melted metal onto my thigh. Yeah, I still, I actually was looking to see if I, you could still see the scar, and it's barely there. It's kind of like my scarlet letter, you know? It's just an M for chronic masturbator. <laughs> but uh, it did work again. Uh, now, that was the, one of the first of three sex toys that I'd really had, and I loved it very much. Um, but then my second one, my, my uh, first husband got it uh, for me for Christmas as a Christmas gift on the Lord's Day. I got a vibrator from him, and then we promptly separated, and I went <laughs> and moved in with this theater couple that I knew from the community theater. And it was cr the holidays, Christmas time, and it was our first time being separated. I was um, uh, living in Ohio. My family's in Texas, so I was lonely and depressed and sad about losing this marriage. And but uh, then I remembered, oh, I got, I got this vibrator though <laughs> for Christmas. Let's crack that bad boy out. And the theater couple was at uh, the theater because the man was playing Daddy Warbucks in Annie, and so they were at the theater and gone for the night, I thought. And so I got the vibrator out, started putting it to good use. And that's when Daddy Warbucks comes home and starts yelling drunkenly, bellowing down the hallway. Hey, where's my little elf? What's my little elf in there doing? And in the meantime, the thing is like rattling and I don't know how to turn it off because lesson kids always read the instructions. I didn't know how to turn it off. So I'm like fumbling with it. It hits the hardwood floor and goes chasing after it and he's knocking what's my little elf oh never mind i'll come back later daddy warbucks is going night night <laughs> oh yeah it cracked and it broke and so i didn't have another one again until my second husband current husband how do you got the, the, my husband <laughs> my, my now husband um got me a dildo not for christmas maybe i don't know maybe it was just a uh, because because he loves me <laughs> but he it was the most giant thing I've ever seen in my life it was like a little premature baby size <laughs> like what the this thing uh, and it, it, it was it was enormous and it was blue and I was like what the what on the earth are you what is this all about uh, I, what are you thinking? I'm not getting smurfed with this thing. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> so, but I'm not. I'm not getting smurfed with it. Um, it's too big. I'm like, what were you thinking? And he's like, well, it was, it's dishwasher safe. And, uh, well, he, he had lost perspective. I guess in the store, all the dildos lined up. They all started to look normal-sized. And he was like, that actually was a small one. I'm like, all right. And, but then why blue? And he said, well, the others, they look too real. And I didn't want you to think of another. <laughs> like, oh, God, man. <laughs> you don't get it. Oh, you don't get it. <laughs> But now I'm, I'm in the care of this little premature giant dick. <laughs> well, what do I do with it? I, I don't, and I traveled a lot, so every time I would go on a trip, I'd be like, what if the plane goes down and they have to go through my things and my mom's gonna see this giant blue fucking dick?
in my drawer. So I would like wrap it in a garbage bag and put it inside another garbage bag so if the plane went down, they'd throw out the trash. No one would be the wiser, right? That's a good idea. You should totally use that if you ever have to leave your house, yeah. Um, But okay, so why didn't I just throw it in the trash? Well, because we've lived in our apartment longer than I've lived anywhere in my life. And our super uh, Gustavo Tejada and his wife, Patricia, they go through the trash and sort the trash all the time with their daughters that help them. And their daughters, I've known little Apollonia and Jessica since they were itty bitty babies, el bebes or la bebes. Uh, and I'm like, I am not having Apollonia find out about sex because she finds this giant premature Smurf-looking dildo thing, and I'm like, uh, "Mama, por qué es azul?" And uh, um, el hombre mm, tienen un complejo. He has a complex. That's what <laughs> okay. I'm so Spanish speakers. <laughs> uh, how was my accent? Well, uh, okay, <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> uh, muy bien. <laughs> Wait. Is that Spanish? Yeah, that is. Okay, whoo, Jesus. <laughs> See what happens when you get to be 46? Anyway, so now, okay, I'm not throwing it in the trash. I don't want my super's little darling daughters to find a blue dildo. So what do I do with it? So I did what most women want to do to penises, peni, and I, I took a butcher knife to it. <laughs> yeah, I got a butcher knife, and I chopped it up into tiny little tiny penises. And I just, like, dispersed it all throughout town, like, like little sprinkles <laughs> in all the trash bag cans around New York City. So, all right, well, that's my story. Have a happy Smurfy day to you. <laughs> talking about getting a vibrator on the Lord's Day, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was actually pretty appropriate, because you would most likely say, oh my God, oh, oh my, my God, God, oh my God, oh my God, you're right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I wasn't <laughs> sure how that pun was going to go over, so but I'm glad it's I'm good. A, I, I'm a good audience for puns. I like yes, them. Yeah. I love them too. Um, so what is your awkward sex song? Oh, you know, I don't know it's much awkward, but because the one that came to mind, the only song that whenever I hear it, I immediately think of uh, making out furiously with this guy named Brad Booth. And the song is Rock Me Amadeus. So it's like a good 80s song, but it wasn't a popular one to always be on the air. So I very rarely hear it. And when I do, it's like, Rock Me Amadeus, 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 Amadeus. And I would oh, hear oh, it. Oh, oh, Brad Booth. <laughs> you can find Cambry on Instagram at Cambry C, that's the letter C, and on Twitter at Cambry. All right, next up is a fun bit that I did with Joe Berkowitz, who is the author of Away with Words. It is a book that features his exploration into the world of pun competitions that happen all around the country. That is a thing. Did you know that? Besides Punderdom, did you know that there's other pun competitions? No, not other than, but I should have guessed. And also like, how have we not ended up on one yet? We'll go. We have to go. I've been. I want to compete. Oh yeah, totally. We we should come up with a fun name too. Yes. For sure. Anyway, so I was like, he was on the show and I thought I have to do a little pun competition with him. 
when it came to naming my ice cream cakes. So I had both of us come up with some names for the uh, Mr. Softy ice cream cakes that night. Now, it is not unusual for me to come up with punny ice cream cake names, but the shapes I made for these cakes were very unusual, very, very different from anything I've ever done. And here are some of the highlights. You guys will see this. I bought a penis mold. And um, so you'll, you'll be able to identify it. And this one, uh, I thought for people talk about vanilla sex, so I put vanilla ice cream, uh, peanut butter core ice cream, obviously for the nuts, and um, crushed famous chocolate wafers, Reese's Pieces, chocolate sprinkles, whipped cream, and cherry on top. And those are all strategically placed on the mold. Um, I came up with a number of names for this. Go ask Phallus. <laughs> Phallus in Punderland, Phallus in Cumberland. That's what we're going with. Just kidding. Um, the one we are going with is Reese's Penis. <laughs> um, Debbie chose strawberry ice cream, cookies and cream ice cream, uh, crushed shortbread, made by the Girl Scouts, uh, which is appropriate for tonight. <laughs> um, crushed Oreos and then strawberries. And I tried to make a vagina out of the strawberries, so. <laughs> Strawberries are so versatile, I've noticed, on these yeah. cakes. Yeah, yeah, yes, they are. They Nipples, are. Nipples, what have you. Yeah. So for that one, I came up with nookies and cream. Uh, but we're actually going with Joe's title or name, which is, brace yourself, this is long, but it's so good. Uh, it's the Strawberria Majora cake. <laughs> I... <laughs> I hear it's cervix with short head, which is when you go down on a one, but for not quite long enough. Anyway, it's oh very good. Nice. Nice. Well done, Joe. Oh my god, I love those puns. You can find Joe Berkowitz on Twitter at Joe Berkowitz, and you can pick up a copy of his book, Away with Words, at Barnes and Noble and on Amazon. All right, next up is Cambry's husband, Christian Finnegan. Christian is a comedian here in New York City who has had his own Comedy Central and Netflix specials. He's appeared on Comedy Central Presents, Conan, and as Chad, the only white roommate on Chappelle's show. This is his story about fajitas, vaginas, and of course, Sonny and Cher. Ms. Robin Gelfenbein, guys, come on, let's do it, huh? Why not, right? You know, it's weird uh, coming up here in this context. It feels like I'm like the defendant on the people's court. Like I somehow have to respond to what just happened. In my defense, I will say yes, it was weird to buy a blue dildo, but Cambry and I have been married 10 years, so now it's the balls that are blue. Am I right, fellas? <laughs> right? Come on. Come, no. Uh, uh, and I do want to say, just on the pun front, uh, you know, we were talking about dads and puns, and I just very quickly want to just give you guys the greatest dad fucking pun ever. My dad used to say this to me all the time, and I say it to Cambry all the time to annoy her, and it's like... Uh, out of the heavens and through the clouds roared the thunder god and his filly. I'm Thor, he cried, and his horse replied, because you forgot your thaddle, filly. 
Come on. I'm Thor. Get it? Thor, you got his, th- you got his paddle. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, as you can see from my wife's story, she was quite a trollop. And uh, I also did a lot of P&V in my pre-marriage days. Uh, and uh, I was never, I, I will say that I was never a, a uh, what you call a libertine. I, I've been in New York since 1991, and so I came of age in the early 90s, which is the worst sexual period in American history, where it was just like AIDS, 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 AIDS all the time. Uh, So it was not really like a a girls gone wild type era, but I did, you know, I was a young man in New York City doing doing some, uh, basically in my life, I've had girlfriends and I've had one night stands. I've never had what you would call a fuck buddy until I met this woman, Beth. Uh, I've had a lot of relationships that should have been one-nighters and a lot of one-nighters that sort of metastasized into relationships, but I'd never... (laughs) I had never had someone who would just kind of like, you would have sex with once every five days for a few months. And this was Beth. And I don't want to malign Beth because she's a, she was a lovely woman. And uh, now she is married with children. And she runs a very successful independent greeting card business. And uh, so I don't want to make it sound like I'm, I'm, I'm saying anything bad about her. Um, so we were having sex off and on for about four months. And it was very weird for me because, like I said, I'd never had that sort of just sort of like a period of one-night stands with the same person for a long time. And at one point, she asked me if I wanted to go on a double date with her two friends. And uh, I thought, like, oh, I guess this must be a relationship now. And so we went out uh, on this, uh, this double date uh, with her two friends who uh, I don't know their names or maybe I blocked them out, so I'm just going to refer to them as Sonny and Cher, <laughs> which may be the gayest way I could express it. But uh, yes, Sonny and Cher, that's what I'm going to call them. And uh, they were lovely women. Uh, Cher was in Beth's uh, musical theater uh, improv troupe. And you know, that's what kind of girl this was. Very high quality. And uh, (laughs) Sonny was her boyfriend who I knew very little about other than the fact that occasionally Beth told me, this is before I knew we were going to go on a double date with him. Uh, Beth told me that occasionally uh, Cher would fuck Sonny in the ass with a, with a strap-on dildo. And listen, no judging. No judging, okay? Let he who has not had at least a pinky <laughs> throw the first stone, okay? But it's just the whole strap-on thing always felt a, just a little too overt for me. Do you know what I mean? It felt a little too just kind of like, like, ah, you know, uh, and Beth would constantly refer to them because she was good friends with, with, with Cher. And she'd be like, oh, like Sonny and Cher, uh, you know, uh, Sonny, uh, Sonny's a man, an IT manager. And I'd be like, oh, did he manage to get the dildo in his ass? Like, like, uh, <laughs> like oh, Sonny works on Canal Street. Oh, you mean Anal Street? Like, these are the sort of jokes that I would try to entertain her with. Um, and so we went out on a double date with Sonny and Cher. And uh, we went out for Mexican food, which is just the best double date type environment because, you know, fiesta, the whole deal. You got your margaritas, you got your chips. There's lots to do. There's lots to look at, lots to do. And so I finally met Sonny and Cher. I thought of Sonny, I immediately, like normal looking dude, but I projected a lot of homoerotic energy onto him. Which may have just been, this is, this is not 2017. Don't put your fucking 2017 sort of mindset on this. This was 1999. It was a different era. 
when you found out that a dude liked to get fucked in the ass of dildo, it was just like that meant something different than it does now. <laughs> now it means you're like free and enlightened and in charge of your sexuality. Then I was like, really? <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so I'm sure I was kind of projecting a vibe onto him that may not have been rational. And uh, as far as Cher goes, I would refer to Cher as a uh, handsome. <laughs> and I don't mean that, like I mean like perfectly lovely woman. Listen, this, is a period, this period of my life, I was 265 pounds. So, beauty queen. And so the four of us, we were just sort of four average looking people eating fajitas together. <laughs> And we had what I imagined to be a very pleasant double date type night. And then Beth was like, you know what? Let's go back to my apartment and smoke some weed. And they were like, let's do it. And I, at this point in my life, I had smoked pot maybe four times in my life. And I didn't know at that point that you never smoke marijuana in the presence of people who are still in the process of judging you. You can smoke pot with people who you will never see again or people who you are very good friends with. But never in the middle. Never people who you're like, oh my God, they're still uh, formulating an opinion of me. Uh, and so we went back to Beth's apartment on, on 111th Street and uh, it was a tiny, typical New York apartment and we had to all squeeze into her bedroom because she's this very anal retentive, and not anal in the... In the sunny way but uh very anal retentive roommate who didn't want us like fucking with any of the sort of common areas so we were all folded into beth's tiny little room and we all kind of smoked a little weed and i like i said i was a, a novice weed smoker and so i immediately meant went into like train spotting mode do, do, you, do you know what i mean remember that scene in train spotting where ewan mcgregor ods and he like sinks into the rug and you feel like you're watching everything from like a 10 foot distance and so I was lying on the bed like Denzel Washington and the Bone Collector, uh, just completely just out of it. And Beth starts kissing me. And I'm like, what are you doing? There are people here. Like, don't, this is awkward. And then Sonny and Cher started making out. And they started playing this little game where, where Cher would go for Sonny's belt. Like, and he'd be like, stop it, stop it. And she would keep going for his belt. And I was like, what is going on right now? Like, why is this happening? all in the same room. This doesn't, this doesn't feel right. And then Beth got up and she put on uh, her four CD changer and uh, 1999 people. And she put on the song Darling Nikki. Which you want to talk about fucking Closer by Nine Inch Nails being on the nose. I mean, give me a fucking break, right? She puts on Darling Nikki and she just literally starts dancing in front of the three of us. And this was 1999. She was, it was in that era where she had one of those, remember when women used to wear those sort of lobster bib tops, which were just like a piece of fabric in the front that would come to a point and they would tie in the back? And, and, and she was just like undulating, like, a, like, a, like she was heralding the arrival of Kong. Do, do you know what I mean? Like just, just sort of like, you know, like knew a girl named Nikki and her boob just like kept flopping out of the lobster bib and at first I was like oh, Beth uh, they're seeing that and then it dawned on me because Sonny and Cher just started like making out like really intense I was like oh fuck this is going down this has clearly been like a plan 
Like, I thought that Beth wanting me to meet her friends was like her taking this relationship to the next level. It's like, oh no, she thought, oh, this fucking douchebag I'm having sex with would be the perfect person to have a meaningless group sex experience with. And so she's just like undulating to the song and they're making out and she's like grabbing at his belt and then the song ends and then it's like, all right, what now? And then Beth reaches over and plays Darling Nikki again. <laughs> Which is just awkward, do you know what I mean? Like, you can't redo that moment. And yet, she continues to do the whole fucking song, right? And, as a, and it's just kinda like, it's like when you're watching, you know when, you, when your, your friend invites you to a play and you spend the whole time being like, oh God, just think of one fucking thing I can compliment afterwards. <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. Uh, and so she finishes dancing to Darling Nikki and then the song ends and she climbs over onto the bed and now I guess like, all right, this is a, this is a, a group sex situation that's about to happen. And even then I knew that this was not like a porno group sex situation. This is more like an HBO real sex foursome. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? For some reason, when everyone is unattractive, it just feels dirtier. <laughs> Have you ever watched HBO's Real Sex where it's just like guys with ponytails and like, and they're like naked telling you about like Woodstock, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, but I was like, all right, fuck it, sure, why not? And so Beth and I are like making out and they're at the edge of the bed and they're making out. And I even like, like I, I like have her, my hand like down Beth's skirt. And I was like, all right, I fucking let's do this. And, uh, and then the moment of truth came because uh, <laughs> Cher decided to, to reach over the, the joint that we were all smoking was up on Beth's dresser, which is right next to the bed. And she had to like climb over us to get to the joint. And she's like, oh, I need another, I need another hit. And I was like, oh, okay, this is clearly like a thing to come over here. And so she like reached across us to grab the joint and her butt was right here and she farted in my face. <laughs> I don't, I'm not gonna lie to you, I don't remember a lot from the evening, but I do remember saying, and I quote, wow, this night just take a, took a turn onto Weird Avenue. I, I mean, it's not funny, but that's just what I said. <laughs> and, and of course, this poor woman, she's mortified, I'm sure. It, Mexican food, not for some meal, generally speaking, not for some material. And so then, you know, we're all, I kind of like laugh and we're all kind of like, <laughs> and then we try to like get back into it. But it's kind of like that scene at the end of Trading Places where like, turn those machines back on. Like, like it doesn't feel right anymore. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, Beth just stands up. She's like, you guys have to leave. Talking to Sonny and Cher's like, you guys got to go right now. And they're like, oh, okay. And, and, they, and, they, and they, they gather their stuff and they... Sonny puts his belt back on and they, and they leave. And, 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 and then Beth immediately takes off her clothes, puts on her widest, biggest granny panties, turns off the light and gets into bed and like goes right to sleep. And this is the, like literally within 11 minutes from like, oh, I'm gonna be fucking two, hopefully not three people. 
And then I guess we're sleeping now. And so we're like spooning and we're in the dark and I'm trying to figure out what the hell is going on. And then I, this horrible smell hits my nose. I'm like, what's going on? And then Beth begins projectile vomiting. Like <laughs> on the pillow, on the floor, like just, we're spooning and she's just like Bruh! Just all over, I mean, exorcist type vomiting. And so I get up and I turn on light and I'm high. This is like, this is like a high person's nightmare. <laughs> and so I'm like trying to mop her up with like a, an old Beastie Boys t-shirt. Like I'm like, I'm just trying to clean her up and, and, and I take all the linens and I like strip her down and I, and I put her on the bed and I try to clean her up as best I can and I put all the, the, the bedding in the tub and I, and I fill it up with water and there's just like wood chips floating on the top of it. And I left a note on the mantle for the roommate that just said, sorry about the tub. And I'm not proud of this. Then I went home. I, I, if I could go, if I could roll back time, I would not have gone home. I would have stayed there like a good fucking dude. But I was just like, no, thank you. <laughs> and so I went home and I can literally tell you that is the last time I ever saw Beth. <laughs> By both of our choice. We, we talked once after that. And it was just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> And I think about her a lot because, you know, I followed her on Facebook for a while and I saw that she has children now. And, and I've also, I've wanted to send her like a card, like a Christmas card, because I do happen to know a woman who runs a greeting card business. Uh, thank you guys. Have a good night. All right. I think it's best that he and Beth never spoke again. I mean, how could you face each other after something like that? I mean, it was so mortifying. My God. My God. Anyway, that was Christian Finnegan. You can find Christian on Instagram and Facebook at Christ Finnegan. All right. So as you probably know, we are still on hiatus from the live show, but you can find out when our next one is by signing up for our mailing list at yumsthewordshow.com slash guest list, or you can follow us on social at yumsthewordshow. Also, have you ever wanted to tell your own story? If you're listening and you would like to tell your own story, you can check out our Storytelling Fun 01 workshops. You'll learn to tell stories that are great for interviews, dates, maybe awkward sex moments, I don't know, presentations, um, selling ideas, connecting with colleagues and clients, and more. And if you or your company or somebody you know is interested, you can check out all of the details on our site at yumsthewordshow.com slash workshops. Also, since it's Valentine's Day, why not show us the love with a rating and review on iTunes? We'd be your Valentine forever. Right, Alex? (laughs) 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 But more than anything, it'll help boost our ratings and let others know about the show because... uh, we're, we're pretty proud of what we put together and, and we're gotten a lot of nice feedback. So we would love for you to share the love with others. So whether you're single or hitched, I hope you have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And if you're celebrating Single Awareness Day tomorrow, enjoy that too. 
And if you're not a fan of Valentine's Day, which is totally fine, then you be you. We totally get it. Have fun, whatever you end up doing. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein. And me, Alex Fulton. James Beer wrote our new music, and the theme song is by Mark Radcliffe. Special thanks to Megan Deneen, Michael Cedar, Danny Ortiz, Carly Patrone, Jen Waring, Zach Schusterman, and Katie Riley. I'm Robin Gelfenbein. I'm Alex Fulton. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you get a piece. Thanks for listening. And, and until, until next time. Amadeus, 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 Amadeus. Amadeus, Amadeus. Yum's the word.